and uh, make an application tonight to you and me. In Daniel chapter number 4, we've been here before, we've studied the book of Daniel several times, and I just used this the other day in one message I preached. And I could probably pick another one or two in the Word of God because this is something man does, gets involved in, ruins him, hurts him. But I just want us to look at chapter number 4 and we'll start reading at verse number 28. I'd have you to stand, if you will, in, in honor and recognition and, and uh, giving honor to the Word of God. Bible said in Daniel chapter 4 and verse number 28, all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, now notice these words, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty. I'm putting the emphasis on the words that he is having problems with, and that's where his trouble was. Verse 31 said, While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. They shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. You'd be seated. Let's ask God's leadership. Father, give us wisdom tonight. Help us to declare the word of God, and help us, Lord, to see our needs. And may, Lord, we see ourselves here in the word of God, and may it control us and correct us. And Lord, convict us of things that's in our heart that's not right. Lord, we're not anything and worthy of nothing. What we have is by the grace of God and only by you have we got it. And we give you the praise for it. Now touch us, Lord, and help us to lift you, not self. But may we magnify your name. We give you the praise and the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thought about today sitting and studying the Word of God. All of us will be like a vapor. We are here now, but we'll be gone. 
like a smoke that comes out of a chimney. It don't last long. It goes up in the air. The Bible said where our lives are like a weaver's shuttle. I mean, it's here and then gone. Our life, if we live to be a hundred, is just like a, you know, a flash in the night. One of these days we'll be, we're here now, we're in, in the presence of each other. But one day we'll all be as a memory. We leave our life behind and then people begin to look at us and we are a memory. We are just a voice. They remember something that we've said. May take some little special thing. How many of your loved ones you've buried and then you look back and said, I remember what they said. I remember what I, I quote things every once in a while that my daddy told me. And they're just as precious to me now as they were when I heard them. Maybe more so. But one of these days, even that will be gone. Others will come along, pass us up, and we'll be a voice or maybe a token. When I say a token, I mean this is a necklace my mother had, you ladies may say. This is a hammer my daddy had. That's a token. But one day all that will be gone. I've been to the cemeteries Isn't this strange? You can go to cemeteries and you know people's buried there. But the old cemeteries didn't have tombstones or we like to call them what? uh, Memorials and things of that nature. And all they had was big rocks. No names. And you walk through it. How many has been in those kind of places? And you say, we don't know who they are. Probably nobody knows who they are. Somewhere down the road, somebody's going to forget where you've got loved ones and friends. You've got family members buried that you don't even know where's buried. May not be, you know, in, in the past hundred years, but what about your family tree 300 years ago? Where are they? You have no record that they ever walked through here. All you'll be then is just a memorial as far as that. And it may even get to the place that you don't even know about that. And all those will end up like our forefathers have in days past. Out into oblivion here on the earth. Thank God we've got to praise the promise of eternal life with the Lord in glory. That's why I like the scriptures. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How many of you men have looked around at some of the things that you have? You've got some things. Every man in here has got some things that uh, are precious to you. I'm talking about possessions. Some of you ladies have got things that are precious to you. Maybe something is handed down. It may be something you've had, but it means something to you and it's precious. Others come along, it won't be so precious. And those things are just, will be memories of you. And uh, it's, we, we all said and gone one of these days. But I want to talk about tonight two things that I possess and I thank God for it. I like all the stuff I've got. I've got junk like you wouldn't believe, but it's good junk. 
I love it. But there's two things I want to tell you that I, I'm going to tell you the greatest and best things I've ever owned. Two things. I could name you some more. But I want to tell you two things tonight that are so precious. Number one is the salvation of my soul. I've been washed in the blood, been redeemed, been born in the family of God. I'm saved for time and eternity. I'm sealed to the day of redemption. My sins have been forgotten and put behind the back of God, never to be remembered against me anymore. They're as far as the east is from the west. Amen. They're under the blood. And I give God the praise for it, my salvation. When He reached down and saved my soul and picked me up out of the pits of hell, so to speak, and put my feet on a solid rock, wrote my name over in glory and gave me some hope I'd never had before, what a blessing it is for me to know tonight without a shadow of a doubt that I've been born into the family of God. Amen. Amen. I couldn't trade it anyhow, but there's nothing any better to trade it for. I'm glad I know that I know that I know that I know tonight that I've been redeemed. I'm glad I know that heaven's my home. I'm not just having a little hope for it tonight. I'm glad that I know without a doubt that heaven's my You said, preacher, you positive? I am positive that I've been born again. And the second thing I want to tell you that's in my possession that I've owned and do own and it's mine and, and I appreciate it. And that's the word of the living God. Now anybody ought to be able to make a life off of them two things. Salvation and the word. Everything else don't really make no difference. God will take care of it. Now you said, what about the Spirit? Well, we could talk about other things. I said there were other things. But them's the two precious things to my life tonight. Salvation. I sat down and I just sat down and started writing. You ever do that? Uh, so you ever sit, I call it sometimes doodling. You ever been on the phone? You ever watch people get on the phone with a notepad and a pencil? They draw everything. Runs, mark, and they mess up a piece of paper. Get through, they don't even know what to done. Amen. But they're just doodling. Now I wasn't doodling, but I was sitting there writing some things down. And here's what I said. This book, this blessed book. And I'm going to just jot, uh, write the, uh, you can write them down, but you ain't going to have time. I'm going to read them fast anyhow. But I want to tell you what my Bible is. It's the Bible. It's the Holy Bible. It's the Holy Word. It's the Word of God. It's the Scriptures. It's the Holy Scriptures. It's the book. It's the book of all books. It's the covenant of God. It's the testament, the old and new. Amen. Of God. It's a divine book. The divine library. Infallible. Inspired. It's the indestructible instruction book of God. It's the blessed book. The pillar of truth. The truth. Amen. The truth of all truths. It's the divine wisdom of God. Divine instruction of God. It's the divine voice of God. Uh, it's pure. It's perfect. It's trustworthy. It's dependable. It's powerful. It's the revelation of God. It's the mind of God. It's the life manual. You want to know how to live? Get in the book. 
the sacred writings of God. It's the sword. It's our weapon. It's our strength. Uh, it's our incorruptible seed. It's our compass. It's our lifeboat. It's our strength. It's our power. It's our guide. It's our comfort. And I just quit. Amen. And if you add any more to it, help yourself because you won't remember what I said. I know I didn't give you time to write them down. But won't you just sit down and... I don't know why I did that. I just did it. That wasn't what I was going to preach on, but I, it come up, so we put it out here. I just like to uh, sometimes tell, tell myself what I think about Jesus on paper. You said, what? You're an idiot. Well, call me what you want to. It makes me feel good. Amen. And I want to tell you something. The Lord's looking on anyhow. Amen. I don't like to try to write too much down. And uh, especially when I preach it. Uh, years ago, a fellow said to me, he said, uh, what are you going to preach on tonight? I said, the Word of God. He said, what what you going to preach out of the Word of God? I said, I don't know. I mean, I said, I don't tell nobody before I preach it. I don't want the devil to take it and run with it. I said, I don't even tell my wife. And he said, uh, oh, is your wife the devil? I said, no, I didn't mean it that way. But what I'm trying to tell you is, I'm sometimes I, I jot it down and I, I, I try to make sure the devil ain't looking. But he's looking over my shoulder trying to see what I write. And if it wasn't for the grace of God and the power of God, he'd probably steal some of it. And he has. One time I was studying and the Word of God always stirs me up. Now if your Bible don't stir you up, your stirs out of business. Amen. If you can't get excited about the Word of God, there's something wrong with your spirituality. Uh, you may not have the right Bible. If you are, you're not... Maybe you're not saved. Saved people's one that gets blessed by the scriptures. Amen. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the devil get excited about the word of God? He don't get excited in the same manner you do. He wants to run from it. You get the Bible out, and he gets to going. Hide the word in your heart that you want what sin against God. Well. I was just studying and I went off in the back room. I didn't have a study back yonder. And I went off in the back bedroom and had a little chair in there. I was just, I'd uh, study reading my Bible and, and then I'd get down beside the bed and pray. And so read my Bible and pray and sit down in the chair a while and read and pray and uh, get on down into the foot of the bed and pray and read my Bible. And I got so fired up. I remember it was on a Saturday night. I got so fired up, I got so full of God that God just blessed my heart. And I run into the living room and I went over the kitchen table and got one of the little old table chairs and set it down in the middle of the floor. And I told my wife, I said, get over here and sit down. She come over there and sat down and I picked up my Bible and I took off and I preached for about 30 minutes. On what I was going to preach the next day, I said, I'm going to try it out on her. Amen. I thought it done good. She said, that's good. And I tried to preach it again the next day, and I'd done preached the fire out of it the night before, and it didn't touch me the next morning. So after that, I quit telling everybody what I preached and didn't try to 
practice any of it. I just looked at it. I want you to know tonight the Word of God is my strength. It's my hope. It's my all. Are you with me tonight? Yes, sir. I'm glad it is. And somebody said, what good is it? It's my divine library. How many of you down through the years, uh, some of you younger folks don't know nothing about this now, but they used to have people come to the door and knock on the door and they're selling encyclopedias. Ain't nobody in here want to buy an encyclopedia today a set of encyclopedias. Amen. Well, I say nobody, but most folks won't because it, they got it in their cell phone and amen computer. Amen. Why, I remember looking at them, them uh, encyclopedias. It'd take me a little while to find what I was wanting to look for. And uh, you got Google now. And you'll Google it out pretty quick. I don't know how much longer you're going to have it. But amen. But you look at all these things, and I'm telling you, as I look at it, you can find what it, but it, I remember them encyclopedias, people coming to the knock on, I bought two or three sets of encyclopedias, and I bought them because I wanted to get rid of them. I'm not talking about the encyclopedia. I wanted to get rid of the salesman. About the only way you could ever get rid of them is to buy a set of encyclopedias. Y'all remember them days? They know how to say, you know, they had uh, them in vacuum cleaner. Amen, men. Well, what I'm trying to tell you is that you'd take them encyclopedias and you'd say, boy, I could learn anything and get everything. And people read those things. But my Bible is my encyclopedia tonight. I remember the, you know, all the papers and everything that come in and it's good to keep up with the news and all that. And I try to, and uh, you know, so I'm talking about the local news of things going on with the neighborhood and all that. But... I read my Bible. My Bible means everything. It's my divine library. If I want to know what I need to know, I find it from the Word of God. Jot this down. You know what I'm saying tonight when you look at it, and this is just simple. You've heard all this before. I don't give you nothing new tonight, just challenging you. If I could get anything done tonight and get you to love your Bible more than you do anything else in the world when you leave here tonight, I will feel that I have accomplished something. Some people go to church and the only time they hear anything or see anything out of the Bible is when the preacher opens it up. Amen. How would you like for your preacher to study like you do? How would you like for your preacher to pray no more than you pray? Are you with me tonight? We've got a, tr- a real turmoil in our nation and we've let this thing slip and some of it's too far gone. And I'm not giving no place tonight that we'll say there's no hope. There's always hope. But our hope's not in the world. Our hope's in God. Amen. And when I look into the Word of God tonight, it's my strength. I'm going to give you four things that it helps me out with. First of all, it's my History book. The Bible is a book of history. You said history? Yeah. How many loved history when you went to school? Yeah, well, I didn't care too much for it, but uh, we had to study it. It's my history book. We got people today that don't know how, how much history in school. Even And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to throw this in at you tonight. 
COVID-19 has messed up the whole world. You know that. It has changed the world. And I've said this over and over and over. We won't go back to what we once had. What we got now, I doubt will get better. I believe it will get worse. But I'm saying to you this, this, this night. COVID's changed so much. And now, I appreciate homeschooling. I really do. I believe our homeschooling kids probably going to end up being the smartest youngins in the world if they're, if they're taught right. I know some that's in homeschooling tonight that not, are not being taught. But if you've got good teachers teaching your children and got the parents are teaching them or whatever, and if you're down the business and want to make sure them kids are right, that's the way to go. I used to think, uh, I was over in South Carolina, and they told me over there in South Carolina, they said, and preachers would preach it, and I went to about every meeting I could find. Everywhere I went, they said, everybody needs to get their children in a, in a private schools or in, a, they said, in Christian schools. And they pushed that and pushed that, and I moved to Georgia down here and put my daughter in a, Christian school, so-called. I'd have been better off to left her in the public school at that time. She got twisted up in the Christian school. Found out that who was going to the Christian school was the rejects that they'd thrown out of the public schools. And they didn't have no doctrines or fundamentals about them. And I regret that. But I'm going to tell you, we're living in a society now that when they go to school, and it started back under when they had Common Core. Some of y'all in here might have liked Common Core, but it, it was of Satan. Amen. This has been several years back. Now they changed Got everything else now under the sun. And now with COVID, you know what they got? What do they call it? Virtual. Virtual school. Virtual learning. I went into place of business Monday. And uh, this fellow was sitting there and he's talking about He said, what do you think about uh, the schools? I said, uh, well, we're having trouble teaching them anything before what we've got. But now they're taking them and letting them stay at home on the computer. And that's going to ruin them. And he said, I'm going to tell you something right here. He said, I maybe shouldn't say it. And he said, I really kind of ashamed to say it. But he said, I got two nieces. And they're taking virtual schooling at home. And they're on the computers. And he said, if you'll go anytime you want to when they're doing their lessons. Said they're eating and a drinking something and eating and playing on their phone. And he said, I said to him the other day, you're not going to learn nothing like this. And I said, that's right. But somebody is not putting them under the pressure. I have to make myself study. Hey, I have to make myself study. And you do too. And I don't care where you're a school kid or where you're a church person. The devil will see to it you won't get in this book like you are too. 
Now they go around and talk about evolution and talking about all the stuff that's going on. And Lord have mercy, I don't have time to cover all that tonight. But you know, this is a history book. I'd have never known where man come from, where where I where I got my start. I wouldn't know anything about the historical things of the Word of God had I not had a history book. One volume. I got one volume, sixty six books. Amen. Got more in it in the encyclopedias, and they had several. And I've been studying this book a long time, and I haven't mastered it yet. It's amazing to me, every time I pick it up, it bites me. Amen. Uh, it throws something that hits me between the eyes with it, and I have to stop and study it. It's a history book. No Nebuchadnezzar went out there, and he said, Now I've got this, and i got this, and i got this, and... I made this with my hands, and he is so proud of what he's got. And you may be proud of everything you got. You may be proud of your automobile, your house, your car, your shoes, your hat. But I'm proud of my salvation in my Bible. What else do I need? Except to read it and study it. Obey it. You can tow the Bible all day long. And not read it and it won't help you. You can can look at it, look over it, look around it. But you need to hide it in your heart. It's not only my history book. Do you know there's people who don't understand at the store not too long ago as a place of business. and So the bill come up to $14.92. And I looked at that little old girl and I said to her, I said, 1492, yes, a great year, wasn't it? She said, oh no, that's way back before my time. I said, you don't know what happened in 1492? I said, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> then I come find out she didn't know who Columbus was. Oh, yeah. Amen. So, I mean, you know, they don't teach them nothing anymore. There's people sitting on the pews in, in our churches that will believe in, in uh, evolution. Believe in things that's not there. I mean, they got a different, anybody believe that we was just a, some kind of something and uh, there was a big explosion one day and we all splattered out and the next thing you know, we ended up and turned into a monkey and, you know, we, I ain't going through the whole thing. Swung from a tree, and one day our tail fell off, and we hit the ground, and we walked down to the store and bought us a suit of clothes and said, we're man. Now, that's been taught for a long time, hadn't it? I've told you before, I went to the school, I think it's a fifth grade. I'm not sure what grade it was, but maybe it's a fifth, maybe it's sixth. I come home with the history book. Turned into it, and in the front of it, it had a bunch of monkeys all in a row walking down through there. This and here, and every, every step is taken, they look more like a man. They got down here, and here's a man. And I said, hey! Went home, and I, I thought that was swift. And my daddy, I looked at that, and I said, here's what we're going to study. And, I, and he looked, and he said, what? 
He said, you shut that up. I said, we're going to study that. He said, man didn't come from monkey. Y'all remember them days? And the people believe that. And now they teach that. And that's actually just common knowledge now. Where did man come from? Oh, he evolved. That's what a lot of kids say and believe. Amen. They do so much to them to ruin them. But I'm going to say to you tonight, the reason we don't know much about our history you know why church folks can't figure out what's going on? They hadn't been studying their history book. Our history book. You start. You said, where do you get that? Genesis on down? Start at Genesis and go to Revelation. And through Revelation, you'll find it's got history on most of the pages. History's telling you about in in this thing it's his story his his story it's our history book of telling us about him jesus you with me not only that tonight but it's not only my history book but it's my doctrine book you know what doctrine is doctrine is what you believe I hate to ask Baptists sometimes, what's your, well, do you know what doctrine, you know what kind of doctrines you have? Or what kind of doctrines the church has? Or you know what kind of Bible doctrines there are? Name the doctrines of the Bible. I sometimes don't like to put people on the spot, but some of them don't even know what doctrine is. And if they do, they're talking about Baptist doctrine, Presbyterian doctrine, Methodist doctrine. Catholic doctrine or some other kind. But Bible doctrine, how are you going to know? Doctrine is what you believe. And did you know the Bible is the only thing you can find that can mold your mind to be able to make you believe something and to know what it is? Let me give you a scripture tonight. See if I can find it right quick. It's found in the first chapter of the book of John. Chapter number 1 and verse 11, the Bible said, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Now, this is Jesus coming to His own. His own was the Jew, the Jewish nation. He come unto His own, and His own received Him not. They didn't receive Him. They rejected Him, by the way. But verse 13 said, But as many as received Him... To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. God gave me the faith to believe. You said, boy, I just started believing, not me. He gave me faith to believe. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior tonight, and I believe because God gave me the faith to believe. Had He not touched my mind and my heart, my my soul, and give me faith to believe, you said, faith, faith is something we muster up. If you've mustered up any faith for salvation, you're lo- you're not you're lost and not saved. You said we're saved by faith. That's right. In what? Faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. He'll give you the faith to believe that. Would you turn with me to Galatians chapter 2?
One of the favorite verses I like of Paul. Paul said something. I quote this verse quite often. But I don't want to miss one word. Galatians chapter 2. These Galatian believers, they had gotten to the place in chapter 1. didn't take them long, but they had so soon been removed. And Paul's trying to straighten them out in verse number 20 of chapter number 2. Galatians 2.20. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Do you think Paul crucified himself? I don't care if you miss that. But you're going to get straightened out before we leave here. Somebody said, I'm crucified with Christ. That's what Paul said. How did he get crucified? Crucifixion is a terrible death. A painful death. When Christ was crucified, they drove the nails in his in one hand, drove a nails in, nail in his other hand, put him on the cross, drove the nails through his feet, and then put that cross down in a hole and pulled it up by ropes and let it go down. It thugged, it went down and tore the flesh and the body slumps down on those nails. That's painful. You said, well, I'm going to crucify myself. Do it. Lay down on a cross. Get you a hammer. Get you a nail. And drive a nail in one hand. If you got the guts, do it. But now, at the same time, after you do that, put a nail in your left hand. Put it in your right hand and drive in it with a nail in that hand. Crucifixion is something you cannot do. You may do your feet next, but you can't fully crucify yourself. So Christ, that's why Paul said, I die daily. Christ has to crucify us. But Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. In other words, I'm not, you know, I, I'm alive. I'm not dead I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's not me, it's really living. But Christ liveth in me. You get that? And he said, and the life which I now live in the flesh. You see that? Paul said, I live. Notice these next words. By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He'll give you the faith to believe. I didn't have the faith to believe as a little old boy when I got under conviction. I didn't have the faith to believe, but when I trusted Him and repented of my sin, brother, He gave me the faith to believe. You said, boy, I I sure do like my faith. Remember where you got it. Now that's a doctrine. If you want to know your doctrinal things, and we're we don't we don't spend time here. We're going to go on. Historically, you need to know about the Bible, doctrine, what you believe. Amen. Somebody said, I believe this and I believe that. And sometimes what you believe, you don't really believe it. Somebody else has told it to you. You're picking it up. But the doctrine can be, there's things in my life you're not going to take away from me. There's things I believe tonight. You know why people give up and give in and quit? 
You know why them old soldiers back yonder years ago, uh, they tied them to the stake, put brush under them and started a fire and they died? You know why they didn't, didn't try to, didn't fight that because they knew they was fixing to go into glory and they believed what they believed and there wasn't enough devils in hell to make them change their mind. I wonder now if somebody put a gun to your head and said, you name, you, you deny the Lord Jesus or you're going to lose your life. I wonder how many give in. And that's serious. I'm not going to answer that for you. I can't. Doctrinally. There's some people don't believe the Bible. Don't believe it's the Word of God. They believe it's another book. They believe that it's just a good book and a book that we can use and to help us and a good history book and a good thing to teach us. But I want to tell you, your doctrine be established in the Word of God that you'll believe the Word of God is the Word of God. It's the very words of God's mouth. I believe that, don't you? Not only that tonight, but the Word of God teach us and give us things that are practical. You're studying the book of Proverbs. Proverbs jumps from one, one subject to another subject, from one verse to another. Proverbs, you might get four or five verses at one time on something. You might get six or eight verses. Sometimes it's one verse and then it's changed subject and another verse. Sometimes two verses. And it's jumping from place to place. And Solomon wrote that with his wisdom. And we take all that. But there's some practical living in there. Amen. You need to have some practical living. And the Word of God is a practical book to us too. Gives you what my daddy used to call common horse sense. And then fourthly, you want to have some spiritual wisdom. It's a spiritual book. It's not wrote to the lost man to understand. It's wrote to get the lost man's attention to tell him he's a sinner. That means it's a historical book and a doctrinal book to him. And he needs to know that there's a Savior that can save him. But you can't teach a lost man today the things of the Scriptures because he don't have the Spirit of God on the inside. That's why we're living in a day and an hour today that many lost people are trying to study the Word of God and that's why they get twisted up and warped and they can't get it right. You know what? You know what will help you today to understand and rightly divide the word of truth is the Spirit of God, and you can't get that unless you're saved. Amen. If you're a natural man, you're going to think natural. You start questioning the word of God and you quit trying to look at the and, and write it and, and read it the way you want to and interpret the way you want to and apply it the way you want to. Uh, that's what a lost man does. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you may twist a little of it. You may get some of it wrong. But I'll tell you, you won't go long until the Holy Spirit of God will begin to prick you in the heart and wake you up and let you see the truth. I don't believe any saved person that desires the Word of God and wants the truth will fail to get it. Let me give you some scripture. Amen. I done run the rabbit now, so let's go. First John. 
First John. The Bible said in First John chapter number two. Let's use this the other day. The Bible said in First John chapter two. First John, that's the one right before Second John, Third John, Jude and Revelation. He said in verse number 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Verse number 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and need not that any man teach you. You don't have to have man to teach you when you've got the Spirit of God working in your heart. There have been a few things I've heard people say and preachers say, and it sounded good. And I said, hey, I'm going to watch this a little bit more. And they'll say a little bit more. The next thing you know, the next sentence they make, I said, uh-oh. That don't line up. Started off good, sounded good. There have been a few things I studied on my own, looked at it, and I said, oh, maybe we'll run that rabbit. That's pretty good. I want to stay. And I, I was on the wrong course and I said that's not really what he's and I didn't say that the spirit of God on the inside of me said that the Holy Spirit will let you walk the line the Holy Spirit will put you in trail hey you may get off a little bit but somewhere down the road God's gonna pull you back hadn't some of you in here had some wrong doctrines every once in a while oh preacher not me oh don't lie to me you may have never taught it. Some of you got some doctrines now that you're not really sure of and positive of, and you lean toward that. All of us have got that. And if you're not really sure of it and positive of it, just leave it alone. One of these days, God's going to show you. Have you ever woke up one morning and read the Word of God, and all of a sudden you say, Ooh, God turned the light on. And when He turned the light on, it got bright, and you said, Hmm. I was trying to make this too complicated. Have you ever made the Scriptures too complicated? I have. I wanted it to read what I wanted it to read. And I had my own idea about what it was. And it may have been because somebody else told me. It might have been because some friend taught it to me. It might be because some other preacher preached it. But God turned the light on one day and I said, hmm. Amen. All of it. There's none of us in here that are 100% totally, amen, uh, knowing it all. We don't know it. You might think you do, but amen. I used to think at a time or two, I had a few uh, bad thoughts like that. You ever thought you was pretty smart in the Word of God? When I was a little young preacher, I'd studied a lot, and boy, God was giving it to me, and I... Matter of fact, I've gone back and looked at some of my Bibles. I've wrote notes in, and I look at them, and I say, Hmm, I preached that. Hey, that's good. And I've even been blessed by some of the stuff I preached 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Can't even remember it. And I said, Hmm, pretty smart. And then uh, I turn on the radio. I go to a church, or I hear somebody out in the public. And sometimes just somebody's been going to church somewhere, ain't a preacher, hadn't studied the Word of God a whole lot, Sunday school teacher maybe, maybe a deacon, or even, even women do that. They'll tell you, and they, in conversation they'll say something, and you'll say, hmm, hmm. You don't look them in the eye and say, hey, you taught me something. 
Don't you think you done known it? But you go home and dig it out and you say, whoo, how much did I not know? Where have I been all my life? Amen. Well, I want to hold you all night. But spiritual things. Spiritual things. You want to know about the law? Start the first five books of your Bible. You want to have history in your Bible? Know what the history is? Study the book of Joshua down through Esther. If you want to have poetry books, them little, amen. Somebody said, I like to read them little old love story books. Modern romance. I don't reckon they do that anymore that much. But when I was coming up, brother, people read them modern romance stories. They'd have them things everywhere. And uh, they list, they like to read them love stories. If you want to you want to get to poetry and love stories, read the book of Job down through the Song of Solomon. Then you want prophecy? You go looking from I call it from Isaiah down to Malachi. Some break it down and they call them minor prophets and major prophets, but I don't like to call them that. Just because it's a short book don't mean he didn't mean Amen. Didn't have enough to say. Some of them short books say more than some of the longer ones. Say amen right there. That's right. And uh, you look at that. Then if you, if that ain't enough, that's 39 books of that 66 book volume. Then go get them 17 books in the, I mean 27 books in the book of, from Matthew to Revelation. Get you 66 books. 39 and 27 is what? How many? I just checked my math. Amen. I had math at school. I love math. Math my favorite subject. English is my worst. History I hated. Recess I loved. Amen. Amen. And lunch. These kids, they thought go go to lunch and they... Uh, You'll like this and Miss Betty Jean. I love to eat in the lunchroom. All I had at the house was fried taters and pinto beans and cornbread every night. Amen. I still eat all that. But anyhow, guess what? I go down there and have fancy foods. And I'm always saying, uh, you want that? You do, you, do you want that? No, I ain't going to eat that. Can I have it? <laughs> I don't want to let you do that now or not. But but I did it. Amen. And we went to school and they had them little little bottles of milk when I first started. And I thought them was the fanciest things in all the world. Amen. And then they had them little cartons and I like to open them little cartons. All we ever had... Uh, we went down to the spring and got the milk out of the uh, out of the spring is in a jug. Mama had it in the jug and that brought and we have to go get that to keep it cool in the spring. And uh, I didn't know nothing about it. It wasn't homogenized and pasteurized and all that stuff either. Amen. You said that'd kill you, didn't me? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Maybe that's the reason I'm so tough now. But thank God for His goodness. You want to learn something? Get in the book. You want to be what God wants you to be? Get in the book. Amen. Heads bowed.